Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Omega Metroid Podcast. This is Andy Spateri with a short little PSA for today's episode, uh, which is about Haiku the Robot on Inspired by Metroid. We had a little audio snafu with this episode where, unfortunately, uh, what we used to record ended up recording the wrong microphone on my end and not the uh, the nice microphone that I'm recording with right now and usually do record our podcast episodes with. So it's gonna kind of sound like uh, Doom has me on speakerphone right next to him. I sound a little messed up. I'm really sorry about this. This has obviously uh, been fixed. So if you guys don't mind just putting up with uh, a, a low quality audio for this week, everything will be back up and running for next week. Uh, really sorry about that, guys, uh, and I hope that uh, doesn't ruin the episode for you. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to let you know so you didn't walk into that and just be like, why does this guy sound like he is underwater? So uh, that's what's going on. Uh, thank you for your understanding. Hope that you really enjoy the episode. We had a lot of fun with Haiku the Robot and uh, had a really good conversation about it. So we didn't just want to scrap the episode. We wanted to still you know, release what we did have. So yeah, I hope that uh, you guys all dig it and uh, and let us know your thoughts on the game after the show. Uh, thanks so much, everybody. And we'll, uh, we'll see you back here next week. Bye. Welcome to the Omega Metroid Podcast from OmegaMetroid.com. My name is Andy Spateri, returning after a week off. Thank you for that. Joined by Doomwell Crossing. What's up, man? Howdy. Yeah, now it's Dax's turn for a week off. Yeah. We uh, come back at you uh, next week for some mapping Metroid goodness. Originally, we were going to do it this episode, but we're uh, slightly changing things around to more accommodate everyone's schedules. So instead, we're going to be talking about some haiku the robot Mm -hmm. i am i am excited about this one uh and i can't wait to dive into it dak ironically was actually the one that suggested this game this one wasn't on my radar wasn't on my list and um yeah i'm i'm looking forward to to getting into the game um but before we get there i want to plug a few things really only one thing i think actually Uh, i was just telling doom before we got on that uh that you know over on our our patreon channel which uh so many of you have graciously checked out um of course we've got the great metroid area ranking we've got the zeltcast top tens but on the virtual theater side of things we've got the spateri's review and i think and, and for anybody that doesn't know that's a show it's a bonus show where my wife sam and i review a movie or a series or whatever and uh just you know podcast about it and i think that we we recorded an all-timer actually over the weekend about twilight like the movie twilight i had an epiphany actually uh recording that and i'm gonna tell you this you know what that movie reminds me of i wouldn't know i haven't seen it well okay well then this is the show for you first and foremost because i saw it and i still don't know what the hell it's about but i was watching it and i was (laughs) like damn this this movie there's something about it that i just like it just throws me off i don't quite like it it's like weird and edgy and the characters look all messed up and like the shapes are strange and i was like 
This movie is Twilight Princess. It's the Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess in movie form. And I just like, I was like, I well, first, I guess that's very appropriate since they both have Twilight in their title. But second, I was like, no wonder, no wonder. Like, the both of them trying to be really edgy, trying to be really, like, I don't know, cutting and sharp. And, uh, yeah, just it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. That was my epiphany while watching Twilight. So there you go. I don't know. Granted, I haven't seen it yet. That does seem a bit forced. I will admit that does sound a bit forced. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen it, so I can't judge. I'm telling you, man. If you if you go play Twilight Princess, and you watch the movie Twilight, there are vibe similarities in, in the atmosphere that they're trying to create. I'm telling you, you heard it here first. It's there. I just yeah. wanted to throw well, that out. So- Folks, if you happen to have played Twilight Princess and seen any of the Twilight movies, let us know in the comments right now. Is this man being for real right now? Yeah, I, this I doesn't wonder... seem for real, but like I want to know. I don't know what really that uh, what that Venn diagram looks like. I don't know if they quite overlap by a lot. Maybe they do. I don't know. I feel like Twilight's kind of had a little resurgence lately, or maybe I've just noticed more memes or something. But um, yeah, so so it's another inspired by Metroid title today, and uh, as Doom alluded to. We are covering a little title called Haiku the Robot. And, um, yeah, as mentioned, this was a a Dax suggestion. I think that he had it on um, maybe his radar. And it was on sale a couple weeks ago. So, uh, you know, we were like, why not? Let's uh, let's pick it up and and give it a spin. Um, Doom, it's actually like, so I finished it a couple weeks ago. I got 100%. I think I did everything that you can do in the game. I believe that you finished it this morning. So it's going to be fresh, fresh, fresh on your mind. I finished it about an hour ago, and I got the true ending, not the... So we'll, we'll talk about that later. I did... I managed to get the true ending of the game, but that happened about an hour ago. Uh, and it was, it was very fun, but exhausting, more so because of my backlog. I originally mm. wasn't going to be on this episode because I'm like, man, I'm trying to complete like three or four more games for the end of the year, and this is another one on the pile, but I decided to do it anyways, and... Uh, I'm really glad that I did because, well, spoilers, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I'll tell you what, this uh, this has been the, the only Metroidvania I've played in the last couple weeks. I I picked up the Castlevania Advanced Collection. I'm running through that. Mm. Ah, good stuff there. But yeah, so let's talk about Haiku the Robot and uh, let's just tell everybody what this game is, what it's about, where it's available. So this was a, uh, it was a 2022 title, so released last year. Uh, it's obviously a Metroidvania. And it was developed and published by Mr. Morris Games. So this is pretty much as, as indie as you can get. Um, and it's available on, uh, looks like the Switch, looks like Windows, looks like Mac. So uh, obviously the Switch is probably where you're, the bulk of our audience is, is thinking of playing it. But um, yeah, it, it's about... I actually I forgot to record my time at the end. I can't believe I did that, but I, I think I put in about ten hours or so, and I got like a hundred percent. So it's just a, it's a nice little Metroidvania that doesn't require a ton of commitments. Doesn't require you know uh, a, a steep learning curve. I don't think I had a, a pretty a pretty decent time with this game. Yeah, my my final time was uh, somewhere in the twelve hour mark. I can't remember what the exact minutes were, but. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's just let's just talk about this game. Let's uh, let's take it from let's take it from first impressions um, because I have to admit. So you you said you really enjoyed this title, right? Mm-hmm. I would put this like in the mid to lower tier of games that I've reviewed for 
inspired by Metroid. And and I I, I realize that sounds kind of like a knock, and I, like I guess it is. But there there was a few things about this game that didn't quite click for me like right away. So my first impression, I was just I was like, ugh, this this isn't like. This isn't my favorite title I've played for the series so far, and, which is really too bad because I, I hate coming on and, and kind of dumping on games. I think the only game that I really, like, really just didn't care for was Shadow Complex, and this is, like, miles and miles and miles and miles better than Shadow Complex, so I just want to throw that out there. And it gets better as it goes on, which I also just wanted to say. But my, my first impression, it wasn't, like, super great. There was a bunch of things that didn't quite click for me. And it took me a little while not to get over them because I think that those things still hold me back on this game from being like a really, really quality Metroidvania. But I think I was just like, it took me a while to accept them. You know, this is, this is what they are. This is what this game is. And and once I kind of like was just like, okay, this is, this is what this game is going for. This is what it's doing. Then I was kind of able to just be like, all right, let's enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, I, I actually think I might agree with you. Like, I enjoyed it. Maybe maybe our criticisms are just weighted differently, but I think I might I, I think I might have an idea of what some of your criticisms are, and I think we might actually share them. But I guess for me, what it was is, like, if we were to go down the definitive ranking list, I don't think there's a single thing that I would give a 5 out of no. 5 about this game. I don't no. think there's a single thing. But for some reason, when everything kind of is meshed together, it just creates a really enjoyable experience for me. And so I guess we can go into more detail as we go into each individual category. But yeah, yeah, you know, like I was going to say, like, I, I definitely agree with you. Like, there's not like one standout thing in this game where it's just like, oh, yeah, that's like the, the super high point. Um, but I I was going to say there wasn't there's not any areas where I think there's just like a straight up one either. But like as those words were coming out of my mouth, I was like. You know what? I actually I do think that there might be a one or two um, in here, or more than one one ranking in here. So, yeah, let's uh, let's get to it and let's see if our critiques are the same. So, right away, um, the thing that just jumped off the page to me is the game's art style, and I like I I understand like I I feel like always such an artist when I'm just kind of like critiquing other people's work because like this this is an indie game development these people do things i could never dream of doing never never dream of making like even a a demo for a game right so like i just i feel um bad saying it but like the the game's art style i thought was i I thought it was horrible to be honest like it just like and i think i think as i i think as i like play more and more games there's a certain there's a fine line between like games that have like a pixely throwback aesthetic and and some of those games i think can look like really really great and then there's that thin line though that once you cross it it's just like it just looks not good to me and i think that this game by trying to emulate the game boy color kind of uh graphical palette really just like missed the mark for me i think like there's a weird like hue over over everything right like it's got like the it's the, very orange. Yeah, it's got like the Sahara filter over the whole game. And it's like, I think that that really hurts it, actually, because like every area starts to blend together and look the same. And functionally, they're very different. But like when you have that, that like, that filter over everything, it's just like, God, like this, it doesn't look good. 
and it really has an effect of like homogenizing everything together so and and, and beyond that too like I don't think that the game's graphics, like the the sprite work, anything like that, were anything to write home about um, either, unfortunately. And, you know, I get it. They're going for, like, the Game Boy color aesthetic, Game Boy color uh, style. Didn't work for me. It didn't work at all. And it, and it actively took away for basically the time I started the game to the, to the time that I ended it. Yeah, right off the bat, I think I agree with, agree with that. But, again, probably not... A- as harsh as you in the same way. So I, I feel like this is going to be a similar theme throughout the episode, but yeah, yeah um, I'd probably, I'd probably give it a three. Like it was, I was, I, I accepted it. It was tolerable, but there's definitely like, if we see another one, another sequel from, um, from Mr. Morris games in the future, I would like to see a lot more effort put into, or maybe not effort is the, is, is the right word. Cause clearly there's a lot of effort put into yeah. it. Yeah. But like, you know, I, I, I'd like to see them like re- rework it a bit more, bit more put some more personality and character into it because i really i i don't to me like i'm not necessarily against like you know the whole cutesy art style thing but like you have to find some way to differentiate it from like the thousands of other pixelated cutesy art styles out there and this game doesn't really do it that much except for again that orange filter and i think it needs a little bit more uh, a a little bit more to make it stand out uh, for its personality Again, I didn't think it's ugly. I was fine with it. I accepted it, but I would like to see more in the future to like really make it pop. Yeah, I, I don't think like I wouldn't call it ugly. Like I, I know that I just said like the sprite work left a little bit to be desired, but like that's the thing is like some of the sprite work is is very good in this game. It just like I guess the filter for whatever reason to me seems like it it kind of takes away from from what you're actually seeing, which which is too bad because it just like engulfs everything in that god-awful orange filter and it's like okay like a little color wouldn't hurt um but yeah unfortunately i just like the art style it just didn't quite work for me like i i think like the character most of the other characters and and enemies that you fight like sprite wise i think look pretty good but when it like i think the actual robot haiku looks about (laughs) as you know, as low effort, unfortunately, as, as you could possibly look. Like, it look, kind of looks like Kirby, almost. I was about uh, to say, he just hates him. Yeah. Like Kirby. <laughs> I was waiting for, for it. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I want to take that back. I, again, I don't want to say low effort. Just the, the stylistic choice didn't quite work for me. And, like, it, yeah, it just, it looks... It just looks like it could. There's more there that could have potentially, you know, they could have potentially done, but they they didn't. Which, you know, who, who am I to say? But I, I didn't jive with it at all, unfortunately. And there are a few areas where I do think that the game does look pretty cool. Um, I'll give it that. Like there's um, there's the water area towards the bottom, and also like the foresty area. Those ones I feel like broke out of the of the orange filter trap. And they they were memorable, but like those were very very few and far between. I thought for me. Hmm. Kind of even going off that as well. Like especially you know, as a Metroid fan, one one thing that like you know I'm so used to Metroid games is like the details. The details are present everywhere, whether it be the music, the art direction, um, you know, just little gameplay stuff. I mean, Mercury Steam. We could probably do a whole podcast episode on all the intricate animations. And interpolations that are in Metroid Dread, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, Haiku, Haiku, you know, obviously it's a smaller team, so I'm not expecting something 
you know, with a fully funded Nintendo AAA title. But, like, there's a lot of stuff, like, even in the pause menu, like, you look at the map screen, and it's, like, a completely static map screen. There's no... I wanted wanted to talk about that in a bit. Because, you know what, let's just talk about now, whatever. This map absolutely stinks. I agree, I hate it. (laughs) I think think on every single Metroidvania uh, that we've covered for Inspired by Metroid, I'm sure at, at one point I've been, like, harping on the map. And it's like, I just, like, if you are a Metroidvania... And your whole gimmick is keeping track of the areas that you haven't got to yet, the areas that you need to backtrack to, the areas that you've now that you've got this new item, now that you can progress through. You need to have a good map, and this map stinks. Um, everything looks the same. The areas are barely broken down. There's no, there's like very very few markers. And granted, you do get some markers as you progress, which which is great. But like. Those should be there, I, I felt, like, immediately for me. Because I was like, where is this guy again? Like, where... Like, and you need to to find yeah. these people. Like, you don't even have a marker for save stations until, like, I don't know, like, two hours into the game. And it's like, well, where the hell am I going? Um, so, they, the map... The map, I thought, was very, very cumbersome. Very, like... Like, the maps that I made in MS Paint on OmegaMetro.com have like 10 times the detail of this. And I feel like such an ass right now, but like the maps were, were just, they were no, they were no good. Like I'm looking at it right now and like, there's no legend. There's no, like there's barely any area names. It's just, it's very, it's very obtuse. So I agree with all those. That's my biggest criticism with the maps though, is I feel like they, they convey the wrong information a lot of times, or they they imply they imply different information. There were so I I don't know if you used the guide at all during during the walkthrough. There were tw- there was two times where I was playing, where I had to look up online because because I was lost, and it was because I thought the map was telling me something completely different than what it was actually trying to convey to me, and I was like, what? That's that totally like. There, so there's one path. We'll talk about the upgrades later. But the, well, there's a path that you can bomb under to get yeah. to um, the uh, the electron creator fight. And on the map screen, it looks like that's a completely closed off path. And when the map says it's a closed off path, it means that it's a closed off path. It's not like you know, it's not like Super Metroid where this like yeah, a this doesn't have secret blocks. To, uh, generally yeah, yeah. speaking, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and it was trying. What the map was trying to show me was that that was actually a bombable path. But it it's like. The, the pixel color is so close to like the edge of the map screen that I just that I, I couldn't even tell the difference. And yeah. so that like, yeah, so I was like literally like, going around like a couple hours before I finally like got a guide. And I was just like, really, that was it. But yeah, it like it was it was very difficult to navigate. Um, it, I mean, true to its true to its inspiration. It reminded me of... I was just saying that I picked up Castlevania Advanced Collection. So I started off with Castlevania Circle of the Moon. That game was released in, like, the year 2000. And that map is probably on par with Haiku's map, which probably not good. Now, granted, like I said, it does get better as you go on. And you you can find some markers, which, which do help. But, I, I like... I don't know. I feel like maps have come a long way in Metroidvanias from the year 2000. Like, this, a lot of this information should be there. And the thing about that, too, like you were just you were just mentioning, if you play enough Metroidvanias, typically speaking, and I play a lot, 
you can like kind of start to speak that Metroidvania language a little bit, right? Like you can see an area and, and just kind of be like, hmm, I think that I need to bomb right here. Or I think that there might be a secret behind, you know, this this wall or whatever, right? And, and that, even, I had a hard time with I, that. I was going to say, even just looking at the map itself, like, hmm. There's a bl- there's a conspicuous yeah, black yeah. area surrounding here. Like I feel like there should be some sort of entrance leading here, you know? Yeah. So I I felt like unfortunately I felt like the map also detracted quite a bit from my overall enjoyment of the game because it's it's such a huge tool that you use to navigate the world. So when your map isn't isn't working the way that it should and your and every area looks the same, it's a recipe for trouble. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say it gave me too trouble, except for like you know those couple of um you know those those couple of times where I had to look up and it confused me. Otherwise, I was able to figure out. But but I do agree. Like it felt like it felt less like the map was a tool, more like I was you know trying to decipher the map itself. Yeah, which, that's a good um, way to put it. I didn't. Yeah, which I didn't quite enjoy as much. One one aspect I do uh, want to talk about in a more positive sense, and this might go more into the gameplay sense. I love, 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 love the disruptor mechanic. That is such a really unique way of um, discovering map layouts. Um, I'm glad you brought know, that up. Um, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I, know. Um, I've never personally played a Metroidvania that's done something like that before. I don't know if like there's one that already exists, but this is the first time I experienced it, and I thought it was really cool. It made, um, it made you know like uncovering the map like like so cool, and it felt like it felt like a significantly more rewarding experience than it usually does in games. I I, I think the reason for that is because, like, there's a reason why the map is kind of hidden from you. You know what I mean? Like, usually you just go to a map station or you buy a map, and it's just like, okay, here's the map. This one I thought was kind of cool because it's like, yeah, there's... And it fits the theme of the game, too, which is like, okay, they're trying to block the map. I I get it. Like, I I like that a little bit. So it did kind of have a... uh, like, I think that when this game is at its best was in the moments where, like, you're desperately looking for that map disruptor and you're, like, trying yeah. to uncover the world. So I, I did really like that. I'm glad that you brought that up because I feel like we've kind of been dogging on the game really, a little bit. It, yeah, it really brings out that kind of labyrinth and maze-like yeah. feel in Metroidvanias. And it does it in its own unique way, which is really cool. And kind of to clarify for our listeners um, that haven't played the game yet. So, like, basically what how it usually works in a Metroidvania, obviously, you know, you go into a new area, you don't have a map. But when you, you know, you check your map, you'll still have the rooms you've been in highlighted. Yeah. In Haiku, when you check your map, it's completely blocked off. You cannot see anything. So it is, so you, you have to kind of memorize your path until you find the disruptor. And once you do that, then it, the map opens up. And yeah, I just, I just think that's such a cool feature. And I definitely like... If we do see a sequel, I think that's something that absolutely has to come back. Because I, I think that's probably the highlight of the game. Um, I, I don't know if I'd say the highlight, but I think it was a, a, a strong Maybe point. Maybe one of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'm, I'm curious to get your take on this. Because I actually, I don't even know where I sit on this next, uh, this next topic. But um, I wanted to talk about the game's story. And, and I had a thought when I was thinking about this game story, like obviously, you know, these, these games that we review are, are inspired by Metroid or, or maybe some of them are inspired more so by Castlevania, than Metroid, this game I felt like was, was directly inspired by hollow Knight and not really Metroid mm-hmm. at all. 
in terms of the way that it told its story, in terms of all the weird characters that you could find, in, in terms of like a lot of different things, in terms of like the boss mechanics, in terms of, which we'll get to in a bit. I don't know... I don't know that I love the story. Maybe I should take that back. This is what I mean. I'm not quite sure how I feel. I think the concept of the story is really cool, and I like that a lot. But I felt like the way that they told the story, I was just kind of like, what the hell's going on for, like, 90% of the game? And I think you watched a video that kind of maybe brought you some clarity. But, like, I, I didn't really do that. So I was kind of like, okay, like, there was something that happened. We've got some kind of robo-apocalypse that took place. We've got a virus in the world, like, but I, I felt like the game wasn't very clear in the way that it delivered the story, and there was, like, there was a few of those, like, little, um, I was supposed to call them Chozo lore scans, but, like, you know, there's a few little things that you can yeah. get, uh, you know, some, some knowledge about the events and of the world and stuff like that, but even those, I felt like they were really far and few between, and again... It's not like there's a logbook or anything where you could go back and kind of read them in in order too, which I thought didn't really help me with the story. I, I would say that's probably my biggest critique is there's a lot of there's a lot of text, not even just the logbook entries, but just stuff you find in the world that's like, man, I wish I could go read that back. Yeah, read things together in context. You know, um, you know, there's um there's an NPC that will read you poems and there's like a ton of poems you could read. Did you but, figure out what, like, like what is that poem for, by the way? I never figured out what he was, what he was supposed to be I, for. I, I think, I think part of it is kind of just hinting at story details. I'm not fully sure on it. I, I just did it for the achievement, but, um, but yeah, just like, like it, the, the game really needs a logbook to like, you know, really collect everything. That being said, for what the story was, I wasn't expecting like you know, an amazing like mind blowing story. And like for what it for what it was worth, I I enjoyed it. Basically, basically the the kind of Cliff Notes version is that like um, uh, humans nuke themselves. Three uh, three or four scientists um, before they go extinct, they transfer their minds to robots, the creators, uh, mm. and then the creators create Arcadia. They create a bunch of robots. Uh, Adam, who is the betrayed creator, um, he decides he wants to um, recreate humanity again. The other, um, the other three creators, they don't like it, so they create a virus to corrupt him. The virus gets out of control and it corrupts everything. Haiku is kind of the balancing act to kind of restore everything, and that, and that's basically the, the the summary of the story. I put, like I said, I put ten hours into this game. I got a hundred percent. I don't remember hearing the name Adam once. Like, <laughs> so yeah, that just kind of goes to show like they need, I think they needed some, something for you to like keep track of, of what the heck was actually going on. Um, I will say much like Hollow Knight, I did enjoy the kind of the, the quirky cast of characters, even though like a lot of them I thought were kind of, you know, they were one dimensional is probably being kind, but yeah, it's kind of nice. I always feel like it's kind of nice in a Metroidvania game to, like, see other people, you know? And, like, those uh, just, like, brief moments of, like, wow, I'm not alone. It's it, This is kind of nice. So I did enjoy, like, all these guys showing up. There was, uh, I don't remember anybody's names now, I'm sorry. But, like, there was the one guy that kept on, like, giving you clues about how to end the, uh, or he was, like, the final weapon or something that, uh, I don't know. There's, there's a couple oh, different guys... This. Yeah, maybe. There, there's like there's some people the, the, that I smiled ghost, when I saw the kind of ghost apparition figure. Yeah, yeah, him. And I like the little uh, the little map guy too. That I, I mean, he he gave you those markers too late. Granted, but 
He did give them to you, so better late than never. So he was kind of nice. Anyway, I don't know. There's just like there's a, a little comfort going onto the train, like chatting with some people. So I mean, obviously this isn't enough to, you know, I, I would say salvage the story in terms of what I was hoping for. But nice little, uh, nice little moments here and there. I think it's fun. I think I really like I like the atmosphere and the, I like the atmosphere and the implications of the story more than the story itself. If that makes sense, like I feel like it's yeah. one of those where it's like, oh, this is a this this story creates a really interesting setting and a mood. And the story itself, it's not amazing. It's not blowing me away, but I'm fine with it. Yeah, I, I actually think that's actually like the perfect way to put it. I think like. Because I, I mean, you know me. I'm a, I'm a big sci-fi head. I, I'm a sucker for like a good sci-fi trope. And like, by God, humanity nuking the world and like the robots taking over. Like, I like that. Like, that's a great little story. <laughs> but like, so I like the setup of it. I think like the way that this game's story is actually told, though, is like it's not, it's not bad. It's just like, I, I don't know. It's, it's very. There's not much it's to a it. Little, it's a little too vague like obviously you don't want to tell the entire story up front like i like i feel like you know i think we'll both agree on this metroid prime one is kind of the perfect example of how to like just breadcrumb the story enough it's you know the the porridge is just right it's not too cold not too hot yep absolutely and and honestly even like you know i'm not expecting any game to be on the level of like ori's story but like that game like that had an awesome story axiom verge has this crazy story like there's definitely like ways that you can you know, tell a, an engaging story in a Metroidvania game, and, and yeah, I, I think the setup was better than the landing in in this particular instance. And it's not like the it's not like we crashed the plane. It was it was you know not it was okay. It was okay. Um, all right, let's uh, let's just quickly touch on this because uh, we already kind of talked about it a little bit. Um, I thought for the most part, you mentioned that you got hung up at a couple different places. I thought for the most part. I was always moving and always kind of getting where I needed to be. There was one instance, I think towards my first two hours or so, where I was landlocked and I didn't have the bombs. I didn't have the morph ball. I didn't like that part. I was just like, and, and I eventually just kind of like powered my way through it somehow, some way. Um, So that was the only moment where I felt like I was just like, really kind of just like, what the hell do I do here? Other than that, I, I will say, I think that the game does a good job of giving you like a lot of different options about where you can go and like where you what you want to do next. You're certainly not like like if you don't get the morph ball right away, like you're not going to be not able to explore a, a large portion of the map, right? Um, so I, I do think that the game did a good job of this. I actually really like the um, the exploration in this game unfortunately i wish the map paired better with it but the actual exploration and the design of the of you know the layouts and levels and whatnot um i was really satisfied with i um it really um i i, I like how the game it, it, it gives trust to the player it's like hey you know what um it, it, you know what it's it's that super metroid road trip style of exploration that i love so much you know where the ne- the next upgrade could literally be anywhere and there were times where i was just like man, I don't know where to go. I'm just going to look at these random places in my maps that I haven't explored. And sure yep. enough, random location that I would have assumed would be an expansion. Nope, that's a major upgrade that I need to progress. And I love it, man. I love it. Yeah, it was it was cool too, because there's like, I feel like also in taking from Super Metroid a little bit, like 
it felt to me like at the time, in, in every every ability you eventually do need to use, like, I got a few abilities and I'm like, is this like optional? Is this like the plasma beam in Super Metroid? Like, do I, do I even need this? It's cool that I have it, but like, I, I feel like it's just like a, a special little treat. So I think that the game does a good job of that as well. Just kind of, you know, getting you from not even point A to point B, because it, it, I, I, I thought that it did a good job of like... Um, some games are like too open and you can go anywhere and it's just it, it can feel a little bit overwhelming i felt like if you went into an area and you didn't have what you needed you, you pretty much knew like right away so you could get out of there before you get you know a little bit too deep or a little bit too far in to really just feel like ah i've wasted my time so i thought that this game did a good job of that um and yeah i i, I but that being said i always thought that there was like at least a few places or, you know, I could check out, too. So I thought that that, uh, that was another strength of, of this game. Yeah, absolutely. And it kind of does something similar to Super Metroid 2, where, like, the, the first hour or two, you know, it does kind of guide you along the path. But then after you reach the, um, the factory facility, after that, then it's like, all right, training wheels are off. You go, uh, you go do your thing now. Yeah. Um, and which is, which is always my favorite type of Metroidvania exploration, so... Again, I just really like the game trusted me enough to get lost and get frustrated with myself. Um, yeah, I, I second that. Uh, okay, let's talk about some of these uh, some of these items and abilities that you get uh, going on here. Um, so I thought that this was done pretty well, pretty well. I think like all I think like all the actual expansions that you get for Haiku, I think are all like actually pretty fun. Like the bomb particularly, I thought was a blast. And like Morph Ball, you were zooming. Um, and it's worth mentioning too, by the way, that there's like, there's like some options that you can input to like, if you're speed running, you can like put those options in and they, and they help you with that. So like every time you land, for example, you can turn on a setting where you'll just automatically go to morph ball mode. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. But, um, yeah, generally speaking, I, I was a fan of like most of the stuff that we saw, like when I got the, uh, uh, what was it? The magnet that finally pulled you across like these large gaps. I was like, I thought that was so cool. Um, you've got some classics coming back, like you've got the Morph Ball, as we mentioned, you've got, uh, the Double Jump, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot, or it wasn't a magnet that pulls you across, I'm sorry, it's like a hook shot or something like that, whatever it was. Yeah, the grapple hook. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, the, ma- the magnet is the wall jump. Yeah, that, yeah, thank you. Lots of cool stuff, I, I thought, like, it was, it was pretty fun to, to kind of get all these abilities, and they do have a ton of expansions, and this is the type of expansion I like. Where it's not just like, I mean, I it's not that I don't like finding missiles and super missiles, I do. But, like I've, I've said this a million times on the show, there comes a point where you don't need them anymore. And instead, what, what Haiku does is it gives you like different, like different abilities, basically. You get these little chips, and you can slightly alter some of your gameplay. So like, for example, and there's three slots too, which is kind of cool. You've got like your... I don't know, I guess you'd call it your your map slot, your health slot, and your attack slot. So if you get, like, a, a blue chip, that is your, uh, typically, I think it's your uh, map, or uh, not map, but, like, health or, or whatever. So, like, you can either yeah, strengthen yeah. your body, or, like, you can you can make it so, like, heat doesn't damage you as much, or you can, uh, you can detonate if you're taking damage, which was cool. Um, attack is exactly what you think. You, like, you add some... You had some oomph to your to your sword. You you have these like shock waves that spin around you. Like all all sorts of cool gimmicks. Um, the map ones I thought were particularly useful actually because the map is, as we mentioned, not not helping you out a whole lot. So like you know you 
you can you can see a little bit more. Um, you can you can save your money a little bit more. You can automatically repair your or well, repair heal yourself, which was kind of cool. So lots of like really really neat like augmentations that you can find in this game. Um, there's not much that I would say I'm looking for Metroid to take from Haiku, but this could be one of them. This could be something that gives you like a little little diversity in, in gameplay and how you play. Yeah, I uh, I totally agree here. Like the expansions are so fun to collect, particularly those chip sets. I feel like that's really like kind of, you know, kind of what ma- what makes everything like really click together. Um, personally, my favorite one. Um, I I always do like the money grinding and saving ones, just so that mm-hmm. I can invest invest now, earn more later. That's always my strategy with with these type of like you know kind of currency grinding games. So I always I always like to do that early on. My um, my one but, complaint uh, yeah. is I wish that there was more chip slots because you can only have what two at a time, I think for all of them. Yeah, I think you can have a max because you can also unlock additional chip slots as well. Yeah. You start off with three, but you can unlock an additional one for it. Honestly, I'd I'd go a step further. Honestly, I just wish they were all permanent, and like I wish the get the game was balanced in a way to like accommodate it so that having them all permanent is like a viable option while still being challenging. That that's kind of what my preference would be. I don't like you know having to like choose one or the choose, other. Yeah, that's yeah. If Metroid were to adapt it, that's how I would do it. But yeah, you know, I like I don't mind the idea of, of customizing your gameplay a little bit more and like you know taking what works for your gameplay style. So like that, I don't mind. But I I do I felt like because you had two and two and two, and I was like I could use like one more attack mod or I could use one more movement mod or something like that. Right, like so. I, I do, I appreciate the idea. I, just, I wish that they went a little bit more. But I would say, that being said, this is, again, probably what I would single out as probably the coolest thing that this game does. Um, I think that it's probably the best thing going on for this game. Even if I, like, I, I pretty much, like, set my chips and, and kept them. But just the option to have all those other abilities, I just thought was cool as well. So I really like that um, from Haiku. And I thought that it was a... A strong, probably the strongest point, actually. I still probably put the disruptors as like as like my top choice, but this is definitely like right right below it, like just barely. Definitely um, like two of the coolest original. I don't I don't even, I don't know if the chipsets are original idea because Hollow Knight does have the charm system, which is yeah pretty similar as well. But but yeah, either way, I think I, I think it mostly like knocked it out of the park here. Um, well, let's talk just really quickly. Uh, we'll touch on it because uh, we we skipped over it a little bit here. But just like general gameplay, um, what, what were your thoughts? Because I, I felt a little up and down on this as I was playing. I, I would say, like with everything, eventually, it, it, like as it goes on, I think it gets better. But yeah, I, I don't know. Before I go, Doom, what are your thoughts? Yeah, again, this is, like, one of those moments where it's, like, you know, I don't think I'd give anything in this game, like, a 5 out of 5, and I, w- I would extend that to the gameplay, obviously, you know, the main part of the game. But, again, there wasn't really a moment where I was just, like, oh, this sucks, I hate this, girl. Like, like, like at worst, it was just, like, a 3 out of, a three out of 5, but then there was, like, other moments where it would be, like, a very, very high 4 out of 5 for me. And generally, like... I feel like the combat, for the most part, the, the the base combat, not the boss battles. We'll talk about that separately for its own category. The base combat was just kind of there. Um, I feel like, which to be fair, I think a lot of base Metroid combat was there for a while, but especially after the Mercury Steam games and 
Dread in particular, how just Ooh. absolutely refined it was in that game. Like, it's very, you know, it, it definitely it, it definitely sticks out a bit more, you know, in an era with, you know, Metroid Dread and, you know, games where combat has become, you know, more integrated into the that main gameplay loop. And so the combat is just kind of there, but I didn't I didn't dislike it by any means, but, you know, it's just something to keep you busy. It's really kind of... I, I feel like the the quote-unquote fun of this game is just, you know, kind of navigating that maze, navigating that labyrinth, and getting that light bulb aha moment. That's really where the fun of the gameplay loop comes in. Yeah, I would... Well, first of all, I would take umbrage with uh, that Metroid comic. I, I think, like... I mean, even Super Metroid Fusion Zero Mission, I felt like combat, which obviously is the focus, but like, I felt it was a lot smoother than this. I, I thought that like the sword combat. I, I'd was... agree. I I agree. I'm just saying that it wasn't like as optimized as it, as it's now become. Yeah, dread. De- definitely. I, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, I, I just I felt like it the 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 combat. We'll talk about the combat, then we'll talk about the exploration. But like, I, I felt like combat was was really clunky for a lot of it, and and some of that is by design because there are some of those mod chips that you can get to like keep your character in place rather than like every time that Haiku swings its sword, it gets pushed back a little bit. Um, but I I don't know, like I just it it reminded me. People are gonna think that this is a compliment, but coming out of my mouth, it's not. But it reminded me of like a Souls game where like you're you're fighting and like I, I like I'm no good at Souls games, okay? I'm just gonna throw that out there so nobody at me. But like every time I'm playing Elden Ring, every time I'm playing Bloodborne, I feel like my characters just move so like they fight so clumsily and slowly and awkwardly. It's not fluid, it's not fast, and I know that's by design, and I'm pretty sure it's probably by design in this game as well. But but I, I just I didn't care for it. I felt like there were a bunch of times where I was like just fighting and my my sword is slow and like it, I, I felt like I was just like a step behind and like I think the actual like enemies themselves like there comes a, like a glorious point in Metroidvania where you just get so OP when you go back to a, a area that you've been to at the beginning you're just slicing and dicing through everything like like they're turkeys on Thanksgiving but this game I felt like no matter what I was still just like getting my ass kicked from from a couple different enemies if I chose to fight them if I didn't I could just like jump over them and that was fine but i was like well you know what like i kind of like fighting them and in this game you you get like rewarded for combat because you you get money from it and you actually need to spend money in order to heal yourself and to buy all these chips so i was kind of like well I, I want to to fight as much as i can but i just i didn't like it you know <laughs> like i and and that goes for every pretty much every scenario in this game as we'll get to yeah, I, I I think this might be my first disagreement where I, I don't think the combat was clunky at all for me personally, with exception to the secret final boss before the boss rush. There were there were some moments where I was definitely yeah. like I was definitely still in the invincibility frames of my dash and still getting damaged that and so that that irked me a little bit. But that's that's really the only instance that I can think of everything else like everything else felt fair. I felt like I had a everything else pr- felt pretty fluid i felt like i could get the hang of it um yeah it, it's not like i didn't think it was unfair like i wouldn't say that but i i do think that it could have been just like a lot smoother or a lot i, I don't know like like i said like i'm, I'm referencing it again because i'm playing it right now but like you look at the combat in like castlevania aria of sorrow released 20 years ago and like it's not even close it's like it's way more fluid way more 
precise, way more crisp. This one, I just, I yeah, I thought that it was just kind of, I don't know, a little bit mushy or a little bit clunky or just didn't quite jive with me, unfortunately. You know, one thing I, I will agree with you on is there is no penultimate final upgrade where you can, like, really tear through enemies. Yeah. Like, yeah, obviously your your sword will get stronger every time you defeat one of the creators, and, you know, it takes, I think, like, one hit off um, what the enemies will regularly take. But, you know, there's no, like, screw attack item where you can literally just, like, plow, literally just plow into enemies and incorporate that into your movement and just make the traversal that much smoother. There isn't really a moment like that. There, even when you're fully powered, um, yeah. if you're engaging enemies, you're, there is a there is a little stop and go there, which I, I do uh, hope is alleviated in a sequel. Um, well, I would say too, like I, I felt at least for me, the way that I played, like the the pacing of like how you upgraded your health and stuff like that probably also played a big part into that because like I must have played four hours before I got more than like what I started with health wise. Um, which probably means that I was doing something wrong, but uh, like I was just like, Jesus! Like when when can I like get like take an extra hit here? Like I feel like I've earned it, but uh, so maybe that was a part of the the reason why. But because I want to to flip this narrative a little bit, because again, I feel like I'm beating up on this game. Um, I thought that in terms of like gameplay as an exploration, man, when you're moving in this game, that's when it it really clicks. Like, there's a bunch of different, like, areas where you're platforming, like, the fire area comes to mind, or, like, the, um, uh, in the electrical, like, factory or whatever, like, when you gotta dodge your way through all, like, the, um, the lightning and stuff like that, or the sparks. Like, when, when you're moving and you're, and you're fluid, that's when I was just like, this is really fun. Like, this is a really fun game. And, I don't know that those sections come as often as I would like, but when they do, it's just like, man, this this is awesome. Particularly at the end, when you're if you're getting if you're going for the hundred percent and you've got the um, and you've got the grapple, you can do some like really cool stuff. It's it's borderline like shine spark puzzle material actually when you when you get that. Yeah, I was I was just about to agree with you on that as well. Like I feel like those moments do come a lot, but it's just that the grapple is by far the coolest one, and that's, like, a very late-game item, or at least in my playthrough. Yeah, no, it was for me, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying because the game is very non-linear. Maybe there's a way you can collect it earlier. I wouldn't know. But, um, but yeah, once you collect that grapple, like, and the way you can incorporate that with your abilities, like, there are there's a couple of really fun puzzles with that. And um, especially once I realized you can actually, um, you can actually double jump out of your grapple. I didn't realize... And once you it's do that, cool. it's like, oh, the, like all of a sudden the possibilities just become endless. And it's just, oh, it's, oh, it's so much fun uh, uh, to do that. Um, but yeah, like I, I wish there were more, I, I wish there were more grapple puzzles, just like in most Metroid games. I wish there were more shine sparking puzzles. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, I agree with you. So let's talk about these areas. We've talked, we've talked on the areas a little bit so we can spend as much or as little time as we want. I, I felt like when I was playing the game, it seemed like there was like a hundred areas. And I'm looking at a map right now, and there's really only like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I don't know if you felt the same way, but I just felt like there was always like a new area that I was unlocking. Uh, kind of. I felt I felt like the areas came really quickly for the most part, but also Maybe like that's it, yeah. I didn't Yeah. I, I didn't feel I didn't feel like there was like you know, obviously a hundreds, hundreds hyperbolic, obviously, but like I, I don't know. I, I, it felt like I didn't feel like oh, there's, there's less areas than I thought there was. It felt mm-hmm. like yeah, this is the amount of areas that I discovered. Yeah, and, and to be fair, like uh, that wasn't a, a criticism; it's just more of an observation. But um, yeah, like I, I think like 
you know, the areas, as we've talked about, I, I feel like the art style does hold them back a lot. Like, there, there's no reason why the Blazing Furnace should have the same color palette as, you know, the the Abandoned Wastes, but, but they do, unfortunately. Yeah. There are two exceptions to that that I mentioned earlier, the Forgotten Ruins and the Water Ducks. Um, those ones I those ones stuck out to me as as being pretty cool. Um, you know, I mean, like like you said at the beginning, like I feel like I feel like every area is fine. Like there's not there's not like a stinker in the bunch, I don't think. But I also don't know that there's an area where I was just like, dang, that was awesome. Like wow, really fun. Yeah. Um, aside from those few moments, like we were just talking about, where you can like zip line around and like that is fun. I guess like maybe some of the uh, some of the rooms in like the central core, like where you're kind of jumping around, or or maybe it's the last bunker. I, that's the problem right there. Is like the, the like all the areas are so <laughs> homogenous that it's like, wait, where was I doing this again? Like, whereas if I think of like okay, water, I know that I was in the water duck. So like there there are a few moments here and there. And maybe I'll, I'll shout out the Sunken Waste, too, because it does have some cool, like, they have these little bulldozers that you kind of got to get to make a path for you, which I, I thought was kind of neat. But, um, yeah, like, I, I I think I would have liked to see, I don't know, a little bit more personality for each area. As we've mentioned, the art style is a big offender for that, and no points for guessing what the other offender is, as we'll get to you in a bit. Yeah, like I said earlier, Three out of five at its worst. Four out of five at its best. It just kind of it kind of just rides that uh that fine middle line in between. I will say one thing. Um, one thing I do like is some of the sub areas. I feel like that does make some of the areas more memorable. Like the Forgotten Forest. I I think I think we both agree that's probably one of the better areas in the game. One of the more standouts. Mm-hmm. But um, one of my favorite parts of that game is when you discover um the secret laboratory. Like something that you think would not go great with the forest at all, but you know, that's what makes it a secret laboratory after all. And like moments like that to me are very memorable. And I really like, um, you know, some of the sub areas this game does that kind of goes, kind of goes in a complete 180 from what the regular theming you'd think would be. Yeah. And you know what? We should, we should also shout out the, uh, the ruined surface, which I thought was a cool area. It's re- there's really not much to yeah. it. It's just basically a big hallway, but you can kind of see like the surface and it looks it looks like the Matrix when Morpheus was showing Neo what the world yeah. looked like for the first time. It's kind of cool. Um, I, so, I was going to say yeah. Revolutions when they're making their way to the final boss. Oh, that, yeah, that too, that too. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I, I, I probably would have went like a little bit lower than you if I was ranking. I would have probably been like a two at the worst, a three, you know, a three at the best, maybe a three point five. But um, yeah, like I just, I, I can't, I can't say it enough. It's, it's just like that. The art style just, and it just goes to show how important an art style is to a game, because it really, for me, just had like such a a effect uh, on on how I was perceiving all of the different areas. So if you don't care about that, you're gonna love all the areas, because like most of them, I think like gameplay wise, platforming wise, functionality wise, are like fun, like like probably very fun. But if if you're looking for you know that that little flair. That seasoning on top of like the we'll call we'll call it like the the gameplay like the bones of it and everything else is kind of dressing right like it and I just feel like the areas don't have a lot of dressing the bones are there the bones are fine but there's no sizzle on it mm-hmm. which is too bad um, all right let's talk about uh, let's talk about these bosses this 
my friend. I, I think we might disagree on this too. I felt like this was a weak point of the game. Thoughts? I, I really enjoy the bosses. Uh, again, nothing, no five out of fives in here. But um, yeah, I, I thought they were really fun. Um, I will say, and I actually, this is a positive for me. The um the difficulty spike between the um the three creators and the virus very substantial, but I I like that. I was like, okay, I like it. Give me a challenge. Right. Let, let's go. I, I I dig it. And so, uh, I thought that was a I thought that was an overall pretty satisfying fight. Again, there was there's the secret final boss that you um take on. I think it's old Arcadia. I think that's the name of the hidden area. There's like there's a secret final Something boss like that, before yeah. you unlock. Yeah, that one. That one. I thought the fight was okay, but again, there were a couple moments where I was just like, eh, some of the attacks and the animations are like, are like, clipping clipping through me and still damaging me, even though I'm in my invincibility animation. That I don't like, but that's mm. a fairly minor nitpick considering that's just one fight in the whole game. But otherwise, I think you know overall the difficulty curve is really nice. The final boss feels like a final boss. Um, I. You know, it, it, there isn't, like, any, like, puzzle attributes. It's, you know, smack it with your sword, kind of. They're, they're very punch-out-style bosses. You're memorizing attack patterns. Yeah. You're looking for an opening. Um, it, you can risk it and go aggro and risk getting hit, or you can play more conservatively, do one hit at a time, and try to avoid getting hit. And, and I, 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 I really enjoy those boss fights. And, uh, you know, this game, um, I do wish there was a little bit more diversity, since that is literally every single boss fight, but... I also, again, I like those boss fights, so I don't mind it at the same time. Uh, you pretty much nailed it on the head for me. Um, every boss fight is the same boss fight, just like a different attack pattern, a different sprite. But it's like you're in one locked room. You've got stuff coming over from all sides. You have to dodge it. You have to hit the boss. That's every boss fight in the game, like like every one. Um, and like... It really, like, I thought took away from it. Because some of these bosses are, like, quite fun. Or they, they would be fun. Like, I think of, um, and again, I think that the boss fights got better as the game went on. As they probably should. But, like, like I think the Electron and the, the Neutron and the, the Positron. Is it Positron or Proton? I can't remember. Proton. Proton. Um, <laughs> those, those boss fights are fun. And the final boss fight was, like, fun. But, like, again, like, we already have a game where all the areas look the same because of the art style. And now, like, the game is, is giving us the same boss fight, like, over and over and over. Like, there's got to be, like, a dozen bosses plus in this game. And it's, like, any kind of, like, of deviation from the formula would be greatly appreciated here. Um, because by the time that I got to the boss fights that were actually fun, which was, like, the, the final couple ones, I was, like... I'm over this. Like, this is just the exact same thing. Like, I'm bored of getting, of dying and having to learn the attack pattern and whatever. Uh, I just, like, yeah, I, I thought that it was uh, a really unfortunate design choice because, like, it, it there you could do some cool stuff, but I don't know if it's due to the limitations of the way that this game was developed, kind of be like that Game Boy Advance or Game Boy Color style game, but, like, like even in, like, my, you know... I'm thinking back to like, I'm thinking back to like Wario Land on on the Game Boy, and I'm like, those boss fights were more diverse and fun than this. So I think that this would have been a case where like, I almost think the like less would have been more here. Like if if I was making this game, I might have literally just had the three 
electron, proton, neutron fights, the final boss fight. And that might have been it. Because I also, like, I thought that the that the boss fights at the beginning of the game were brutal in, in that, like, I was just, like, dying over and over and over again. And I was, I could hear people saying, get good, whatever, okay. But I was just like, ugh, like this, I, I don't know. It, it just kind of was like, I was like, I'm over this, you know. And, and I think that that's too bad because a big part of the Metroidvania pie is, like, having really cool and engaging boss battles. Yeah, yeah, this might be our one disagreement, but, uh, but yeah, I, I overall, again, not a 5 out of 5. There's definitely ways that I would personally go differently, but for, you know, for what was offered, I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, I will say there's also a lot of optional boss fights in this game as well, and obviously you went for 100%, and so you encountered, you know, a ton of bosses in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I don't know. I, I like again. I always kind of bring this up, and I, I feel funny when I say it because it sounds like such a dumb thing to say. But like, there's people that like video games to just play a game, like play a, a good, well-engineered video game. Um, and we've been talking a lot about that with Tears of the Kingdom, actually, because like, if you if gameplay is like the sole reason for your enjoyment of, of a video game, you're gonna like Tears of the Kingdom because there's almost nothing you can't do. And I would say that if you're if you consider yourself that type, where it's just like the rest of, you know, the rest of the stuff doesn't really matter to you. You're probably going to like Haiku and, and the boss fights and the map and stuff like that. But if you're like me, where, like, to me, like, aesthetic, variety, um, those, those like, other things that, that go along and season, like I was just talking about, the, the bones of a really good game and, and kind of bring them to life, I felt like those were missing to me. And if, if you're a player that considers yourself, maybe you value those like I do... I think you might have a tough time with the with the bosses offered, and maybe just this this game in general. But um, let's move on. Let's talk about very quickly. Let's talk about expansions. We touched on them a little bit, but there's there is a lot of stuff to collect in this game, like all of the chips and stuff like that. There's also these little uh, doodads that are that are scattered around the map. You can get them, but you don't get anything for completing all of them, other than like the really quick cutscene of a character that you've met twice in the game, and then that's kind of it. So I was kind of like, uh, okay, I guess. Uh, again, three out of five at worst, four out of five at best. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't really know what else because we kind of already talked about the puzzles, and I feel like that also kind of like goes hand in hand with the expansion. So I don't really know uh, what else to add here. I will say, I will say there isn't really. Uh, again, when I say when I say four out of five at best, there isn't really a standout puzzle for me. Like, when I completed Metroid Dread, like, I could instantly, like... Like, when I was rolling credits, there were instantly, like, two or three Shine Spark puzzles that I can look back on and, man, go, oh, man, that was gnarly, that was sick, I looked so stylish, flawlessly navigating navigating that. Uh, with Haiku, I can think of, like, general movements I did with the grapple hook. Like, oh, yeah, I remember there was electrical barriers that I was hopping around, but I can't remember, like a specific puzzle sequence or what a specific reward was at the end of that. Does that make sense? I, I mean, it does. And, and I'm not trying to say that, like every game should have like a memorable sequence where like you unlock a, a really exciting, like Ori is one of my favorite games ever. And, and I can't think of like a really memorable um, expa expansion using that term loosely, but like something really cool that you need to do in order to get like a, an upgrade or a power up. But like that, and I'm so the game doesn't need that necessarily, but like, yeah, I just kind of thought, like, 
the positive is that there's a lot of like cool collectibles. Like there's the chips, there's those little, I don't know what they were, doodads. But then the negative is I was just kind of like, I want a reward for collecting all the doodads. Like I don't, I don't get anything for this. So it was a little bit, it was a little bit of good, a little bit of bad. So that's, that's pretty much all I have to add about that. Let's move on to our last subject here. And I think that this was, if the, if it wasn't nailed shut before, this was probably the final nail in Haiku's coffin for me in terms of preventing it from being like a top-tier Metroidvania. But I thought that the music stunk in this game. Oh, I wholeheartedly disagree. Significantly disagree. I can't. I can't remember a single tune from this game. Oh, my lord. Tell yeah, me. Wow. Tell well, me. Might, tell me I'm wrong. We, 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 might, we might disagree with this more than the boss bat. Again... I'm not going to say this is a 5 out of 5 soundtrack. It is not, but, like, man, I really enjoyed... I, I like how the game starts off with this very moody moody atmosphere, but then as you explore the depths, like, there's more percussion and rhythm, and then you see more light motifs introduced in that. There's a really cool storyline between the first area you go, and then it extends all the way to the power station, to Pinion's Expanse, and to the factory, where, um, where you start with this very... This very subtle melody that's incorporated in the uh, main area and the power station. And in Pinion's Expanse, once you activate the the power in there, um, then you get this per, um, this really cool percussion beat in the background that, like, almost, that, like, sounds like the gears that are churning in the background, which is so cool. Um, and then you go to the factory, and then that melody gets taken out, but that percussion, that gear percussion is still there, and a brand new melody gets put in there. Oh, my God, it's so... It's so cool. I've never seen anything done like that before in a game. Oh, my, I, I, I love that. <laughs> I, I'm glad that you did, because I, I eventually I just turned the music off because I was like, this, this stinks. <sighs> like, uh, people, it's people that say dread. that give your head a shake because that is just insanity. <laughs> like, on it, like honestly, Metroid Dread soundtrack looks like Metroid Prime compared to this. It's so significantly <laughs> better. So significantly Absolutely better. Not. A hundred percent. I don't care how many music degrees you have. I'm tell- I'm laying that down right now. Which, uh, like, again, not. I felt like because the game's music stunk, like, it, it really hurt the areas, which already feel very similar to another because they all look the same and they all have the same boss battles. So it was like, it was like the game was like one big area and like, you know, say what you will about Metroid Dread's uh, soundtrack, but, like, each area is clearly themed. It's clearly very different. Um, it They look different. Like, I, I think that, like, that's what this game was missing is just personality to, to each of its areas and, and I guess just to the game as a whole because, like, I thought that, like, the combination of art style, music, bosses, I, I, thought, I thought it really held back a lot of the good ideas and the good things that this game was doing. And there's a bunch of good things that this game is doing, by the way. But um, I think with the, with like a little bit more like a little bit more tweaking in those three key areas, I, I think we could have had something really special on our hands. And instead, I, I think we got like a, a middle-of-the-road Metroidvania that I'd probably recommend to people if you need a Metroidvania to play and you want to spend 10 bucks, but... I don't know it would be my first recommendation either. You know, like I look at Islets, I look at um, Axiom Verge, I look at like a, a lot of those other games, and I, I do, I think I would have a tough time recommending this over a lot of those other titles. I need to actually beat it for myself, but I would recommend it over Hollow Knight. 
I'll put that out there right now. Oh, so, that's that's I'm also. In the, I'm in the minority. I'm in the minority on that one. I'm in the Jeez. minority on that one. But I, I, I still need to beat Hollow Knight eventually. I want to give that game a second chance. I want to. But anyways, that's a that's a whole that's for a whole other episode. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, which I, we'll I get feel... to. By the way, people keep asking us when we're doing Hollow Knight. We're gonna do Hollow Knight, but we're kind of waiting for Silk Song because we want them to uh, have a little bit of fusion yeah. together. No pun intended. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, well, Hollow Knight is guaranteed to happen eventually. We, we will, we will yeah. give that game justice. But yeah, um, I, I, you know, maybe the music. I feel like this might be the, the greatest differentiator and like kind of our overall outlooks in the game. Because like for, because like for you, you're kind of like, yeah, it's fine, it's average. And for me, it's like, yeah, it is. But also, everything like when mixed together, still gave me a really enjoyable experience. And I was like, man, there's a lot of flaws here. But there's so much stuff that could be improved on that could make a really killer sequel. And for what it's worth, I had a lot of fun with it. And I maybe that maybe that music is kind of the super glue that holds everything together. And your opinion of that might shape your all your opinion maybe, of the game as maybe. a whole. I don't know. Well, like I, I guess I'm thinking like like the, clearly there's a lot of stuff that could be improved for a sequel. But we're not talking about the sequel. We're talking about the game that we're playing. And, and I, I felt I felt wanting from a few different categories. Um, again. I think it's a perfectly fine Metroidvania. Like it's it's like you've said multiple times, uh, two at worst, four at best. But it just like I think that like there's so many games that exist now that like you you kind of got to be a little bit more special in order to really jump out and, and grab uh, buyers' attention, my attention. You know, like how many Metroidvanias have we covered for the series? Um, and I'm taking a look at all the games right now, and there's there's one. There's one title that we've covered that I would definitively say, yes, I would recommend Haiku over this title 100% every time. No points for guessing which that one was. Shadow Complex, that game was horrible. I hated it. Uh, and I certainly don't hate Haiku. I think it's perfectly fine. But is it better? Would I recommend it over Guacamelee? Like, I feel like Guacamelee has a ton of personality. Would I recommend it over like Axiom Verge? No, that's like a spiritual sequel to Super Metroid and does so many things well. Would I recommend it over, you know, like go down the list? And I'm just like, I don't know that I would. Like, I, I think that, like, even in a game like Dead Cells, which I'm not really like a, a roguelite fan, but like, if you're a roguelite fan, you're going to love that game. And I just, I, I, I don't know. I guess part of me is just like, who is this game? Who is it for, maybe? Because, like, it, it, like, at least all these other games have, like, a, a, a part of it or a portion of it that, that, it really excels at and i don't know maybe maybe i'm just missing it with haiku clearly i am but um yeah this this one i you know it was okay i and i don't want to beat up on it anymore because i feel like i have and i and i'm sounding like i didn't enjoy the game which isn't true because i did but i felt like i could have enjoyed it a lot more with like some simple design choices that i i don't know why they weren't made it just it seems like so I don't know. Obvious to me, maybe, but uh, again, who the hell am I? So, <laughs> uh, you're Andy Spateri. I made a map on OmegaMetroid.com before. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Kind kind of to echo pretty much the same thing that I've been saying at all these categories. There isn't really a moment in this game that I just absolutely despised. Maybe the worst aspect of of the game is probably the map design, because again, there's aspects of that that are very confusing and can kind of. Yeah. If if you read too much into it, it'll you'll get incorrect information out of it, 
and there's there's some other nitpicks here and there for me but overall i really like what the game offered and especially for like because we got it for like 10 bucks for 10 dollars i think this game is so worth it like, 15, are you kidding me 15 canadian <laughs> uh no I, I i mean you're right it's, it's cheap it's a cheap game right like so you're not if you if you get it and you're not into it it's not like you've you know, it's not like you've lost uh, a lot of uh, either time or or money. So it's it's a safe buy. It's a safe game. Like it's it's a it's a very fine Metroidvania. I just I, I think that we could do a little bit better than fine, personally. So yeah, I I thought it was I thought it was pretty good, but nothing amazing. Nothing that's going to like. Nothing like that's going to be like. Oh man, I am going. This is going to live yeah. rent free in my head for the rent. Like nothing like that but overall like in the moment i'm like yeah that was a lot of fun yeah i want to see i want to see more from this studio in the future yeah so i like i don't know that i'm necessarily like like knocking the door down for a for a haiku the robot 2 but i do i would like to see another game by by the studio and maybe see what they can what they can come up with if they maybe you know go in a different direction try a different art style try a different setting stuff like that because like the bones of this game they're good bones okay like there's there's a good game underneath it here it just it needed a little bit more seasoning for me and and i just want to be very clear um not everyone will agree with that and that's totally fine this this game is going to be perfectly awesome for a bunch of people that maybe like you don't need that extra uh salad dressing so to speak but like um, for people like me, you, you might be a little bit wanting. So if if what I've kind of talked about sounds like it matters to you, you know, take that for what you will. And uh, if, if you're more kind of siding with Doom here, then that's awesome. And you should definitely give this game a go because it's not like it's not like I wouldn't recommend it. It's 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 fun. In spurts. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think at the end of the day, even if, you know, I may be a little more positive at the game at the end of the day, we both agree that, you know, it, it's a good game. Yep. Yep, it is. It's a it's a good game. So there we go. All right. Any uh, any parting thoughts on Haiku the Robot before we get out of here that uh, we haven't already spewed out? I think we covered pretty much everything to to go. I'm just honestly, I'm just I wasn't originally planning to play this game, and I'm glad that I end that I ended up doing that. It was a pleasant surprise. For me. Um, ironic that uh, <laughs> Dak is the one who suggested it, and he's taking the week off. Yeah. But, I guess we can give him a week off every now and then. That's okay. Um, all right. It's not like we get paid, right? <laughs> well, yeah, that's for damn sure. Um, all right. Well, that being said, uh, we want if you if you played this game, let us know what you think about it. Are we completely out to lunch? Are you uh, in agreement? Let us know over on Discord. We'd love to have you. We're we're always chatting Metroid. We're chatting uh, Metroidvanias. We're chatting you know we're chatting whatever over there. So come and hang out with us. Uh, you can come hang out with us as well over on Twitter, Blue Sky Threads, I think even. We're at Omega Metroid Pod on all of those uh, socials. I'm at Spateri316. Doom is at Duminal Cross. And, uh, of course, we want you to check out OmegaMetroid.com where you can get all of your uh, Metroid maps, Metroid walkthroughs, Metroid whatever, you name it, it's there. Um, there's also the past archive of all of our previous Inspired by Metroids, if you ever want to go check those out. So lots and lots and lots of cool stuff for you to, uh, to check out over on OmegaMetroid.com. As mentioned at the start of the show, we have a Patreon. So we got the Great Metroid Area Ranking rolling on. I'm recording 
two nights from now. So I and I have a hankering. We might have a new number one overall area. I'm not sure. So uh, you know, if you want to take your membership support of Omega Metro to the next level, check that out. And last but not least, like, subscribe, rate, review wherever you get your podcast. If you've got a Metroid fan in your life, let them know where they can get the world's only weekly Metroid podcast. There is no other people on this planet uh, silly enough to try and make Metroid content every single week. So uh, I don't know what that says about us, but we're there for you, baby. If you if you got I don't that know Metroid how we do fan, it. I don't know. Some days I don't know how we do it either, to be honest. I'm just like in, in amazement at, uh, at us. So there we go. Um, that is going to do it for us. We're going to be back here next week. Mapping Metroid Returns. And we are finally, finally getting to Samus Returns. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, Make sure that you're tuning in. And until then, everybody, take care.